This is Heather Meckes, Director of Discipleship at CRC, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you, encourages you, and allows you to see how God is moving in and around you. If you would like to check out more resources, go to coopersvillereform.com. Enjoy the message.
Before we pray this morning, um, I'd like to take a brief moment of silence for those who have fallen um, serving our country. Father, this morning we, we recognize um, those who have fallen serving our country, and we ask specifically in this time um, where we have a holiday and, and people are taking vacation time or, or going off, uh, we pray specifically for those who are affected by those who have lost their lives, family members, friends, um, loved ones, that you would comfort them in this season, Father. Today, we pray specifically as, as we gather as your people, that you would remind us as we just sung that we have no guilt in life and no fear in death because of the power of Christ that is within us, um, that you command our destiny and that no power of hell can pluck us from the hand of Christ. And so as we, as we consider the words of scripture this morning as they are preached, may they just form our hearts May they stir our affections for your son. May they bring us closer to you. And as we are a part of a congregation here, a family, may this, these words um, convict us where we need it, encourage us where it's necessary, and, and help us to love those who are around us, even in this room, Father. We ask all of this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, my name is Bethany Corson and I'm the Director of Children's Ministries here. And at this time, if you have a child who is preschool age up through kindergarten, they will be heading down to Little Tykes Theater with Miss Carmen and Miss Annika and Miss Michaela. At the end of the service, you can pick them up by going down these stairs. And um, the first door on your left in the hallway is Little Tykes Theater, and that is where you can pick them up. Then if you have a child who is first through sixth grade, they will be heading down to Kid Zone with me. And at the end of the service, you can pick them up by going out these doors, and at the top of the Kid Zone stairs in the lobby is where you can find them. Thank you. The scripture this morning will be found in John 15, verses 26 through 27. It's on page 876 in the Bible near you, if, you brought, if that's uh, what you're reading from this morning. Uh, I'd invite you to stand for the reading of God's word. Again, John 15, verses 26 and 27. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. Thank you. Good morning. Hey, my name is Connor Mackey. I'm the director of Young Adults and Creative Arts here at CRC. And uh, I'm just feeling loved today. I don't know, there's something about today. 
there's this feeling of, uh, of just joy in this room when we were singing those songs, recognizing the sacrifice of Christ, but also just recognizing the Holy Spirit. And uh, that's kind of the, the talk for today, is the Holy Spirit. And so uh, I'd like to just start with a little story. In uh, 2015, I was in Guatemala with 29 other people. We're on a mission trip. And when you're on a mission trip in Guatemala, we did the things that you do on a mission trip, right? We built houses. Uh, we ran med clinics. We, uh, we hung out with kids and played soccer and definitely lost at soccer a lot of times. Uh, we just hung out with people. But most of all, the most important thing we did is we proclaimed the gospel, right? We proclaimed the word of God. And uh, if you've been on a trip like this, you know what this trip is kind of like. I want you to think, if you have been on one of those trips, what do you remember from those trips? Do you remember the heat, the people? Maybe if you have been to Guatemala, you remember that stucco that gets all over your clothing and never comes out, right? What do you remember when you're on these trips? I definitely remember all of these things as well. I remember them very fondly. Uh, but there is one thing that I remember more potently or more vividly than the rest. And that is this total reliance on the Holy Spirit. Total reliance on the Holy Spirit when you're on one of these trips. Whether it's Guatemala, as I've been talking about, Costa Rica. Uh, we have some missionaries who are in Africa as well. You have a total reliance on the Holy Spirit. It's like everywhere you go is just wrapped in the power of the Holy Spirit. Everything you do, every action you take has this greater meaning, right? Like there's this bigger picture that you don't quite see yet, but you're just focused on the work in front of you and the Holy Spirit is orchestrating all of it. Yeah, there's one night that I remember more intensely than the others. We had done our work for the day. I don't quite remember what the work was for that day, but I remember we get back to home base, home camp, and it's time to eat. Right? We eat dinner, we have devotionals, we worship, we pray, and usually at that point, you're exhausted. Right? If you've been, you know what I'm talking about, you're just tired. You worked all day, you just had a big meal, you just had some worship, it's time for bed, right? And so it's like we're going to go to bed, but there was this nudging of the Holy Spirit that said to us, no, it's, it's not time for bed yet. Uh, in fact, it was probably the first time, it was the first time that I had ever experienced this thing called spiritual warfare. Uh, there was a small group of people praying outside on the porch, and they were experiencing intense spiritual warfare. And then there was a larger group of us praying inside. And eventually I went outside and prayed with them. And it's one of those moments where I look back at my life, uh, and maybe you know what this is like, but it's one of those moments where I look back at my life and I remember legitimate fear. Fear. And I'm not saying that's the right response. In fact, I'm going to say that's not the right response. If I look back now, or if I look back now, and I, if I had known then what I know now, right? Hindsight is 2020. I would have had more assurance in who God is in the power that he gives us by the Holy Spirit. And there was a young man there that night who knew that because when he came outside and prayed, it, the, the turmoil turned into calmness. He knew the power of the Holy Spirit. Today is uh, Pentecost Sunday. Uh, in the passage that Ron just read, 
Just a few moments ago, we see something interesting happen. We see that Jesus, before his death and resurrection, promises that the Holy Spirit is going to be with the believers. Uh, In this passage, the Holy Spirit is labeled as advocate, or if you're reading in uh, other translations, it might be helper. Uh, This is not the first time in the Gospel of John that Jesus is going to talk about this advocate or even promise this advocate. This passage, these two verses, is in a much broader context. Chapter 14, he promises the Holy Spirit. Chapter 15, which we're in now, he promises the Holy Spirit. Then chapter 16, he promises it again. But for today, these two verses will suffice. And so let's briefly recall these words. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you must also testify, for you have been with me from the beginning." I chose this passage because it does three things I think very well. First is the promise of the Holy Spirit. Jesus here promises the disciples that once he's gone, he's not going to abandon them. He's not just gone. He sends somebody after him to assure them of their faith. Second, the Holy Spirit here is labeled as an advocate which is not the first time that this has happened. It's not unique to this passage, but it's important to understand this word here advocate, helper. Uh, One commentary that I was reading put it like this. They said that it was like uh, the Holy Spirit here is described almost as a political friend. Now, careful now, because you hear that and you're like, oh, uh oh, where are we going with this? Political friend in the sense that the Holy Spirit has resources, right? Gifts that it can give and has a common goal in mind with you. A friend who can provide you with gifts and has a common goal with you. But what is that common goal? Well, that's the third point. The advocate helps us in testifying. This passage says that the purpose of the advocate is to testify about the works of Christ and his life, his death, his resurrection, and we too must testify. This is what the Holy Spirit helps us in in this day. With that in mind, it seems important to ask a very simple question. If we've been given this advocate, We know that he's here to help us proclaim the gospel. But who is this Holy Spirit? Who is this guy? And why do I even care? Those are our questions for today. Would you pray with me before we step into those questions? Father, I thank you for this opportunity to just be here on stage to proclaim your word. To teach about the Holy Spirit, this this person of the Trinity, which we sometimes just put on the back burner. I pray for humility for myself as we step into your word, as we learn about your Holy Spirit, and I pray that we would have the mindset that we would have in Guatemala, that everything would just be wrapped in your Holy Spirit. There's nowhere we can go where we can escape your sight. Let it be that we are in your presence today, but also aware that you are already here. Father, we love you, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, Let's recap. While Jesus is on earth, he promises before his death and resurrection that he is not going to abandon his people. He's not going to abandon the believers. In Acts chapter 2, we have the first Pentecost. And you have this dramatic event where the Holy Spirit descends upon the believers. And it's really crazy looking. We're not going to really go there today, but it's crazy. The wind is rushing around like crazy. They say they can hear it. They're having these visions of flaming tongues 
I don't know, flaming tongues falling on them. And that's, it's weird, right? But other weird thing that happens is they're also speaking in tongues. They're speaking in tongues. That would be as if somebody walks through this door and they only speak French. And I'm up here speaking English, but they hear French because they are interpreting, like the Holy Spirit is interpreting for them what they need to hear about the gospel. It's this awesome, miraculous moment. And it's dramatic and it's really cool. But it's all to show this point that Jesus' promise is not void. He promises the advocate And once he's gone, and once he ascends into heaven, the Holy Spirit is there. There are two traits of the Holy Spirit today that we got to talk about. The first we've already talked about, it's actually second on here, but the personal aspect of the Holy Spirit, right? He is person. He is personal to you, uh, but also divine. He is God. Because immediately, we hear about this having an advocate, and sometimes we can get caught up in this, well, do I really need help, right? This is 21st century America. We're independent, right? John talked a little bit about this last week as well. We're very individualistic, very stuck with, I don't need help, so why would I need help from the Holy Spirit? So the idea here with his divinity is to show that he is not just a friend with a common goal in mind, but a divine friend with a common goal in mind. He is God. And so to do that, Uh, We're not going to really go there, but I want you to be aware of something. Genesis 1-2 says that the Spirit is hovering over the waters of the deep. And many scholars will say that that Spirit hovering over the waters of the deep in creation is the Holy Spirit. We see at the beginning of the Bible, the Holy Spirit is present. Furthermore, Hebrews 9-14, I know I'm flying through some passages. Hebrews 9-14 describes the Holy Spirit as being eternal, eternal but not eternal in the sense of we are eternal, where we have a beginning, but we have no end. Eternal in the sense that the Holy Spirit has no beginning and no end. This is an attribute that is only accredited to God. The Holy Spirit is God. But then there's this passage, and I like this one. 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells within you? We love this language of a God-sized hole in our heart. Weird. It's weird. Like, that's not a normal thing to say. But if you also think of it this way, there is a throne on your heart, and it is only reserved for God, as in this, this passage, right? You are God's temple, and God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is the only one that can fill that throne. The Holy Spirit is God, but he's also personal. He's personal. He dwells within you. If you profess Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells within you. It's not that the Holy Spirit is just some spirit hovering over this creation, orchestrating. Yes, he did that in Genesis chapter 1 as he watched over the days of creation. The Holy Spirit now dwells within our hearts as well. But what's the benefit? Okay, so we have this guy living in our hearts, and it sounds like he's living there rent-free, right? What is he doing? What does he provide us? Well, that is the point that we're going to be making today. He is advocate. He is helper. How does he help us? What are the things that he gives us? We've already seen in John chapter 15 that 
He helps us to testify about who Christ is, right? But did you know, let me ask you this, did you know that this word of God right here, your Bible, is a gift from the Holy Spirit? Don't take my word for it. 2 Peter 1 through 20 says this, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. One of the ways that the advocate helps us is by providing us with the word of God. He is the author of Scripture. There's this great reformer. Maybe you've heard of him. His name is John Calvin. He had this concept of Scripture alone. And we still stick to this to this day. Scripture alone. It's this concept that everything you need for salvation and for a life of faith uh, in glorifying God can be found here in the Bible. The primary way which God preaches to us and teaches us about how we should be living is found in Scripture. This is both lifelong advice that offers salvation, but it's also afforded to us in the day today. This is where I turn into an infomercial for books of the Bible. If you're looking for advice on how to run your business, if you're looking for advice on how to manage your family, your household, your money, your children, if you're looking for general wisdom, Proverbs, read Proverbs. It's the book for you. Seriously, you can read one proverb a night, and you can read it in a month. It'll take you two minutes a day. You can do this. It's simple, right? But maybe you want something a little bit more poetic. Maybe you want to know how to talk to God, right? Maybe you want to know what it means to kind of suffer sometimes, but still be able to speak to God as your Savior. Psalms. Three psalms a night. You can read three psalms a night, and you can read the entire book in a month. It'll take you 10 minutes. Read that with Proverbs. You're up to 12 minutes a day of reading your Bible, and you will know God more by the end of the month. You have 12 minutes in your day. I have 12 minutes in my day. If you don't, then there's a bigger problem, right? But Philemon, let's talk about Philemon. Philemon, if you haven't heard, is a letter. It's about that long. You can read it on your way walking to your car. You can read this really fast, and it will teach you how you should treat other believers, how you should treat people who are lesser than you. There's great wisdom about life found in Scripture, and it's communicated to us by the Holy Spirit. This is a great gift that we have from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit also gives us life. Uh, Romans 8, 11 says, And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. This is the second gift that the Holy Spirit gives us. He gives us life. Now we often think, well, I thought Jesus gave us life. Yes, Jesus' sacrifice gives us life, but it is the Holy Spirit The Holy Spirit is the one who performs the action of pulling us from the grave and bringing us into life. The Holy Spirit brings us life. He is the giver of life. But furthermore, hear this. He doesn't abandon us in this life. 
Because sometimes we can think, okay, cool, I've been revived, and now where is he now, right? The Holy Spirit does not abandon us in this life. I want to ask you a question. Have you ever experienced something so traumatic and so painful that you didn't know how to pray? You probably know where I'm going with this. We've preached this so many times. We preach at the vineyard all the time. Several people have been on this stage professing uh, what this is like. To just have something so horrible happen in your life that the only thing that you can shout out to God is, why? Well, the good news is that the Holy Spirit, one of the great gifts that he gives us is not to abandon us, but to continually be there for us. In Romans 8, 26 and 27, a Christian classic says, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not pray or we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. The Holy Spirit is interceding for us at our lowest. And if he's interceding for us at our lowest, I think it's fair to say that he is also there with us when we are worshiping God at our highest. Like those times in Guatemala, right? Holy Spirit is always with us. Time for some group therapy. Ready for some group therapy? You're like, no, no, I'm not. The good news is, is you're the therapist today, and I'm the one going to the therapy because I'd like to share something with you. On Wednesday, we had our last vineyard. I'm director of young adults, vineyard. It's kind of my jam. Love it. Best part of my week, right? Uh, but on Wednesday, we had our final one for the year. So we had everybody over to our house. We uh, had a cookout, played some yard games. We briefly read Psalm 19. It was just like a great time. It's one of those moments where uh, this is what we envision when we think of our home. Like this is what it's for, to have people over and to just have fellowship with them, right? And so that's what we did. And uh, it gets to be about like 10, 15 at night. There's a small fire going on in our yard in a fire pit. And we're just hanging out around the fire, right? And we get to this point, and there's something about a fire, right? Something about a fire pit. You know, you sit around it, and you're just more comfortable sharing with people. And so somehow we get to the topic of anxiety, right? Okay, the young man on stage is going to talk about anxiety. Yes, let's talk about anxiety. Because for years now, I've experienced great, great anxiety. Uh, and so I'd like to share with you an antidote a metaphor, a simile, I don't know which one it is. Uh, but I'd like to share with you this idea of what anxiety feels like to me. Imagine, if you will, that there's a chain on this stage, and it goes out that window, and it goes out that window. It's infinite, it's endless, it's eternal, whatever. It goes forever. And my job, the only thing I'm created to do for all of eternity, is to pick up this chain and pull it. So every day, I wake up, I walk up to this stage, I pick it up, and I pull the chain. That's all I do, all day, every single day. Most days, because I've been trained for this, because I've been doing it for a long time, because it's just what I do and I feel like I'm created to do it, most days, I can do it with relative ease. 
But then there's some days where maybe my back is tired. And so I pick up that chain. It hurts. My arms, they're tired. My back is tired. My hands, I start to notice the calluses on them. It isn't quite that easy, right? So I pull it. I'm tired, but I pull it with this idea of by the end of the day, I'll be able to take a nap, rest, and I'll come back tomorrow, and I'll be stronger. I'll be better for it, right? But then there's these other days, these days of anxiety where I go to pick up the chain, and I'm holding it in my hands, and it feels like it just turns to liquid in my hands. This is all I'm created to do. All I know is pulling this chain across this stage. And every time I pick it up, it turns into this mush in my hands, and I keep on grasping for it over and over and over again, but no matter how hard I try, it just falls apart on the ground in front of me. This is a sentiment of anxiety that maybe some of you have felt many, many times. And the reason why we keep on coming back to this verse right here is because this is one of the greatest reminders that I can receive on a regular basis. Because on those days where I can't pick up the chain, where it's just like, and put yourself into it, right? Whatever your job is, whatever your calling is at this moment, those days when you feel like you cannot do it, this is the verse that I come back to. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. I know I'm supposed to pray, but sometimes I just can't do it. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for us. The Spirit is our intercessor to the Father. He does not abandon us in this life. Lastly, lastly, and I'll be brief on this one, the Holy Spirit brings us gifts, right? We know this. And I'm not talking spiritual gifts like the dramatic ones. Those are incredible, and we can talk about those. But I'm talking more about the day-to-day, the things that the Spirit brings us on our day-to-day. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified with the flesh, with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings us gifts such as these on a day-to-day basis. I said earlier that one of the things I remember more vividly about Guatemala is a total reliance upon the Holy Spirit. And like that's, I think that's natural. But it also begs the question, why is it that there's a total reliance on the Holy Spirit there, and then we come home, and it doesn't seem like there's a total reliance on the Holy Spirit here? And I'm talking personally about myself, right? Like, what happened on that plane ride that I'm suddenly just not as interested in noticing the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Something happened there. I'm not, I don't think that that should be the case, right? One of the things that I think leads to this is that when we think about the Holy Spirit, we often want to focus on the dramatic gifts of the Holy Spirit. We want to focus on the big things. And these are cool to look at, right? It's cool to look at the big movements. It's cool to have a worship night here and talk about Costa Rica and Guatemala and the things that are happening all around the world. It's cool to talk about those things. But in doing that, 
we should not neglect what the Holy Spirit does on a daily basis. We should not neglect what the Holy Spirit does on a daily basis. Think of it this way. I'm told that to many parents, when their child is born, that's a pretty big day, right? They're excited about having a kid being born. I don't know yet, but whatever. I'm told it's a big deal, right? But let me ask you this, for the parents in the room. Day one, exciting. Is day two exciting as well? We, I would hope so. But what about like day 300? What about like three years later? There's big things happening in those years, I imagine. They're learning to walk or they're learning to talk. They're learning to eat on their own and those are big, big events. But do you neglect the days between those big events? No. That would be terrible, right? There's always something happening that's helping develop that child in the same way. There's always something happening from the Holy Spirit where he is developing you. And it's often through these gifts of the Holy Spirit. These. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is how the Holy Spirit develops us on a day-to-day basis so that we can be prepared for the big events so that we can look forward to those days where there is huge revivals like Asbury. The Holy Spirit prepares us for those things. If we only look to the massive movings of the Holy Spirit, we neglect the day-to-day. If every day looks like Guatemala and we're always expecting every day to look like Guatemala, the no day looks like Guatemala. And we're grateful for the, the openings of those doors on this side of creation uh, because we get to see incredible, wonderful things about God glorifying himself in those works, right? Uh, but every day we should be living by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the question is, right, we see this end of the verse right here. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Like, what does this look like? How do we do this on a regular basis, on a day-to-day basis? Well, we already started talking about what this looks like. Uh, The first thing is reading Scripture. And I know we talk about that over and over and over again, but there's a reason for it. Because, again, this is the primary way which God speaks to us and tells us how we should live. And it is a gift from the Holy Spirit. Second, this is something that I need to work on myself. It's to pray often and without hesitation. There they are. Pray often and without hesitation. An admirable trait of my wife is that oftentimes she, when something comes up, any sort of conflict, she immediately wants to pray. And I don't. I want to fix whatever is coming up, right? I immediately want to go into, let's just solve this problem, right? I should learn to, as we've been preaching recently, I should learn to slow down and pray more. Pray often and without hesitation. And you ask, why? Well, because we have an advocate who understands our circumstances, who is there with us in the lowest, who is also there with us at the highest. Third, live with conviction and confess. 
So this is, this is big on my heart, right? So we have, uh, at the Vineyard, we have several teachers who will get up there and they teach every once in a while. And sometimes they'll ask me, like, well, what do you want me to teach on? What do you want me to say to these people? And I, my response is always the same to them, and I'm sure they hate it. Uh, I just say to them, like, well, what are you convicted by right now? What's on your heart? What is the Holy Spirit making you convicted of right now? And can you proclaim that to other people? That's how today came about. That's honestly, like even last week when John was preaching on friendship, I felt conviction, right? And so the second part of conviction is not just to feel conviction and be like, oh man, that's kinda, that kind of sucks, but rather to confess it, right? And to act on it. We live in conviction and then we confess. Uh, the book of James says that when a brother or sister confesses to another brother or sister, there is healing in that moment. And we too should be doing that. And so after last week, I had to text some people and say, hey, I have not been a great friend. If we live with conviction and we don't do anything about it, we're neglecting the Holy Spirit. We're saying, hey, I hear what you're saying, but I'm going to ignore you. We should also confess, not just feel the conviction. And lastly, live in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now this one seems simple. This one seems simple. We see the list and we say, yeah, I can totally do that. I can live in love. I can live in joy. I can do these things, right? But what does this actually look like on a day-to-day basis? For parents, this might mean loving your children even when they're being really bratty sometimes, right? For grandparents, this might mean living that life of faithfulness as an example to the generation before you, right? For teachers, teachers, sometimes you got those students that you're just like, ooh, they don't get it and they don't keep on getting it, right? Maybe it means showing them a little bit of gentleness, right? Those of you working in trades, maybe this means providing the best service possible out of the goodness of the Holy Spirit and doing right by your customers. Those of you who are business people, this might mean being faithful to your customers as well, but also being right in your business dealings, being good in those business dealings, right? There's very practical ways of how we can look at these, this list of gifts and understand what it means to live by the Holy Spirit. It is the great calling of all Christians, in whatever context they may be in, to live by the Spirit and to show the gifts of the Spirit in multitude. Whether 13, 30, or 90 years old, the calling remains the same. Walk by the Spirit and thank him for it every day. Because again, what are we called to do? We're called to testify about who Christ is, and we have a great advocate who helps us in it. That is our calling. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this advocate. We thank you for this gift of the Holy Spirit who just continually shows us Uh, what it means to to proclaim your word, proclaim uh, what it means to be a Christian. Father, I pray that we would be more in tune with your Holy Spirit. Walk more with your Holy Spirit, more aware of what he is doing in our lives. I pray that we would be able to glorify you in all things. Whatever area of life that we're working in, uh, wherever we are in our, in our age or, or our careers, Father, that you would just 
Remind us that we are created to testify about who you are, and we have a great advocate who helps us in that testimony. Lord, I thank you for the mountaintops. I thank you for the the great times where we just see your Holy Spirit moving greatly in our lives. But God, I also thank you for the moments in between where we just notice the smaller gifts of the Holy Spirit, where you are preparing us for the larger moments. Lord, as we go into worship, I pray that we would just worship you with everything we have, with our voices, that we would just breathe out these words to you in great, great singing. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you please rise if you're able and worship with us?